702. Political analysis. 16 minutes after 10 o'clock and I'm joined on the line by Dr. Daryl Swanepoel, Chief Executive Officer at Inclusive Society Institute. Dr. Swanepoel, thank you so much for joining us and agreeing to talk to us about this very, very important topic, immigration by South Africans. Uh, Why are we seeing so many South Africans thinking and, in fact, leaving the shores of South Africa permanently? Well, good evening, Aubrey, and good to be with you. Uh, please call me Daryl. I'd appreciate that. My, pl- my, my, um, my, 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 my pleasure, Dr. Uh, Swanepoel. I'm now going to change officially to call you Daryl. <laughs> Go ahead. Fantastic, yeah. Um, look, maybe I should just say something about the poll first. Um, the poll is one of the largest polls undertaken in South Africa. We call it part of what we call our GovDem poll. And it's undertaken on our behalf by Ipsos. It's uh, just over 3,600 respondents, and it's done in uh, in their homes, face to face, in their home languages. So it's um, so we are we are quite confident that this is very representative of South African society. Yeah. Um, the the trends that we saw when you looked at the initial figures was quite encouraging. In that, and and this is the third year that we've undertaken this poll. Um, that it, it, it came down from 2021. It was around 11% of all South Africans that wanted to emigrate. And this came down to, um, just over 9% uh, last year. And in fact, just over 9% last year and just under 9% this year. But when one dug deeper into the, uh, results, um, it, it was quite disturbing in that we had found that the higher educated people, those with degrees and more, um, had actually gone up quite considerably. So it had gone up from 9% to around 11% of those with degrees that are seriously considering to emigrate in the next year or two. And I, and I imagine, Daryl, that, that that represents a a significant and rare segment of the population that is the tax base yeah well uh, those are our engineers and our scientists and our accountants and the qualified people that uh, you know the economy is already got a skill shortage i mean we do uh, ongoing uh, dialogues and discussions with various sectors in the community and the and the refrain across all sectors is that there's a lack of skills in the country and now we are threatened by uh, by this large amount of, of, of skilled people that want to leave as well. And as to the taxpayers you referred to, so, um, we cross, we cross tabulated to see if, uh, if, um, if, uh, the trend remains valid. If you look at the high income earners, because obviously if you have a degree, then you obviously, uh, uh, m- m- most probably be a higher income earner. And in fact, um, it is slightly higher. The higher income earners is just over 11% that that want to immigrate. So your taxpayers and your skills are, are, are wanting to leave the country. I must immediately say um, that doesn't mean to say they're all, all going to leave the country with an intention to leave and actually leaving are not necessarily the same thing. Yeah. But even if one were to lose a third or a quarter of that number of skills and taxpayers, in an economy that is starved of skills and tax money, um, that would be a serious, serious blow to the economy. We heard not too long ago, about a month or so ago, of the opposite 
um, trend where we were hearing of many South Africans who had been in uh, the developed countries that many of the ones thinking about leaving uh, who want to go to those particular developed countries uh, returning. Uh, expats returning to South Africa. Uh, what are what are your findings as far as that is concerned? Yeah, we 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 haven't specifically tested expats attitudes, but um, what we we must see it within the context of the global financial crisis in the last year or two, where it also became um, difficult overseas. The living conditions uh, in 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 Europe has also become tight. And, uh, and, and that could also be a driving force. A, um, B, um, uh, it is recovering in Europe now. And, and maybe that is also why we saw the dip from 2021 to 22, because of the conditions in Europe that people stood back and said, hang on a minute, maybe it's not so bad in South Africa. And now that things are improving abroad, they are looking at, at those options again. But Aubrey, I spoke to an immigration consulting company in Australia a, a while back, and uh, we, we tested this very notion on them. And it was confirmed that many, many South Africans, this guy said um, that it could be as high as 60% of um, South Africans that had immigrated had considered coming back to South Africa. But he said the chances of that happening are actually pretty small. It's a minority of those that will come back, especially once they've married and have children there or because to, to emigrate is a, is a psychological and yep. expensive exercise to do. And now to do it a second time in one's life is not that easy. So anecdotally, we might be hearing of these people coming, but we haven't yet seen evidence that this is a stream of ex-South Africans coming back. Immigration and emigration is a global conversation at the moment, whether you're mm. talking about Europe, whether you're talking about Australia, whether you're talking about Japan, whether you're talking mm. about the United States, anywhere in the world and specifically in South Africa, that is a very, very hot topic. Uh, my mm. sense is that uh, in the very near future, it'll become a very serious, I mean, it is already serious, but I think it'll probably take pole position in whether or not it becomes a an issue uh, for elections. It is, uh, at mm. this stage in South Africa, quite a significant issue, but I think it's going to become even a bigger issue uh, in uh, later elections. But we're talking about a phenomenon that is natural. People move, people have moved, people have immigrated, immigrated for since man has been around on the 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 planet uh, uh, what are the reasons that we are finding for the contemplation of emigration by south africans specifically generally speaking um, yeah I'm, i must say aubrey this is something which i find um uh quite encouraging and that is that the the reasons and and this is across all races the main reason for wanting to leave the country is for better job opportunities, for economic advancement, for bettering their lives. So this is not uh, we are unhappy with um, the the new South Africa. We are it's it's got a racial element to it. No, it's none of that. It's we want to better and improve our lives, and 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 for that we have a fix, and the fix is fix the economy. 
Because once you start seeing the economy making an upward swing and people are once again, um, opportunities are going up, that need to improve their lives will be fulfilled in South Africa. So to me, it is encouraging that it is that people wanting to better their lives and not for some other sinister reason like like a racial element. In fact, we found that only 0.41%, only 0.41% of the respondents had indicated um, I cannot uh, get a, get along with people from other races, um, which I think is, is 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 a plus in this finding. Yeah, I, I think w- w- when we started really looking at and really having the discussion in this country about why people are thinking about emigrating uh, was particularly during the '94, just before the '94 elections, when we saw a lot of people leaving for that reason, for that political reason, and so yeah. forth. What you're saying to me now, Daryl, is that the contemplation, the consideration of immigration, is not so much uh, political but economical. It's it's it absolutely by far uh, economic is the is the main driver. There is. A new element which is starting to um, register significantly, and that is that the, the people are not um, not happy with the uh, uh, with the state of um, uh, or the failing state, you know, the corruption, etc. That is starting to become a reason. But um, but if if similarly to the economy, if you get the economy right, a lot of these uh, these other issues will fall away in the slip slide of a growing economy and uh, that would be a motivator for people to stay back uh, to to stay in South Africa. If I said to you Daryl those very economic reasons and and, and I'd, I'd I'd be glad to hear you sort of drill down as to what are the issues in that economic reasoning uh, that makes people mm. consider to leave um mm. some people may say that you know the the basis of the political reasons for wanting to leave are fundamentally economic. How, what sort of sort of uh, accent they are given uh, by those who interpret them uh, is a matter of interpretation. But fundamentally, all reasons for leaving, whether they are about race, are fundamentally about economic issues. I suppose what I'm inviting you to do now is give me a sense of what sort of economic reasons are we talking about and are they not also political? Yeah, well, um, advancement opportunities, uh, better remuneration, um, uh, my... um, uh, I, I, I want to create a future for my family, a better, a better life for my family. There, that's open for interpretation. There is also a small element of um, uh, affirmative action and uh, so forth, and, and that is why we have also seen in the stats maybe that that is why the white and the Indian community register at a higher level, which is also a new tendency because up until now all races. Uh, registered more or less the same across um, the races. And now for the first time, we see whites and Indians uh, uh, tending to want to immigrate at a higher level than, than blacks and coloreds. Now, so those, so those are the reasons. So some are pure um, rands and cents economic decisions and some are conditions which, which as you say, um, are can, it's, it's, it's interpretation, you know, like for example, affirmative action, a perception is created that 
um, I can, my, my children are not going to find a job in South Africa because of affirmative action. Now, those arguments need to be dispelled. In fact, I've got an interesting statistic which, um, which I, I, I um, discovered just the other day, and that is what they call the labor absorption rate. And what that says to us um, is that since 1994, around, uh, in 1994, around 38% of the black community was absorbed into the labor market. Those are of the people that are economically active or, econ- uh, 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 you know, within the economic active uh, uh, age range, yeah. 20 to 65. So it was 38% there, and last year it was uh, something like 58%, which is a substantial growth of black people being accommodated within the economy. Now, when you contrast that to the whites, we found that the 1994 rate was around 63%, and now last year it was 65%. So the argument that um, it's at the expense of um, affirmative action uh, means that white children and people not get jobs is not is not uh, reflected in the stats because the number of whites employed have not reduced dramatically. In fact, they have increased marginally, yeah. whilst the number of blacks have also increased. So affirmative action, black economic empowerment is working. Uh, for the black community without necessarily negatively impacting the white community. Mm. So, and, and with the white community, the similar goes with the Indian and, and the colored communities as well. Mm. So I think, uh, I think that is a message that needs to get across, across very uh, strongly is that, um, you can build your future for your children in South Africa. And once again, if you grow the economy, uh, then you would, because the whites are nearly fully employed, I mean, 63% is a very high employment rate. Remember, amongst the economically active, there are people that are students, people that um, are taking sabbaticals, housewives, etc. So 62% is a very high percentage of uh, of the population being employed within the white community, that is. Mm. So so every new job that is being created now will, will be able to accommodate uh, the black community coming in. So grow the economy. You sort out black unemployment without it necessarily negatively impacting on the white community. Big, I think that's a very good story. How, how, how to tell. big is the black community contingent of people who are considering um, immigration? I, I I don't have absolute numbers, but I have I have percentages, and. Uh, the number of black people wanting to uh, to leave. Let me just get that for you. Is it's it's around it's around eight percent. It's around eight percent of the black community that want to leave, and it's around seven percent of the coloured community, and then the Indian community is fourteen percent, and the white community is fifteen percent. So you see, there's quite a big difference between those two. And I must say that that is also a change from last year. Because last year, um, all the races across education levels, et cetera, were within one or two percentage points from each other. Mm. So there's definitely, there's definitely a sense amongst, uh, some of the minority communities that, um, that, uh, that, uh, their future, um, is not as bright in South Africa as it could be, uh, elsewhere. 
it appears and that's, that, and that is that that and and as I say, that is not that is not um, that's not uh, um, verified through facts, through figures, uh, yeah. through statistics. It's not verified through that. So we need to we need to encourage them to um, um, to stay in the country because I mean. <laughs> Europe is uh, is also going through financial crises now. Um, it's pretty unsafe there. They're involved in wars and all types of things. Um, I think um, I think South Africa is actually a, a safer haven and a more lucrative well, no, I, haven. I, I, I mean, I, I've been speaking to a lot of expats that have, in fact, come back, and many of them have said to me, "Orbs, it's not so not so green on the other side." Mm. It's, you know, they say yeah. the grass is greener. There's more, you know what? Absolutely. <laughs> so it's not. It's not as green as people like to. And I, and I speak as somebody, uh, 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 Daryl, who myself, for the first time in my life, in my first time in my life, last year, actually contemplated the idea of uh, of of uh, immigration. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll be able to. Uh, if I, I, I don't know if I'll ever actually live it out. But I had never thought about it. I never ever thought yeah. about it, and that was because of a particular moment. Something happened in my life um, at that particular time that made me feel, you know, again, I, I don't want to expose my family to that kind of danger and so forth. But, okay. but I suppose very quickly you realize that the the thing that happened may happen to you in another country as well and so it becomes that kind of debate absolutely uh, uh, i mean i yeah i've been yep. mugged i've been mugged once in my life <laughs> okay i've had other crime as well but i've only been mugged once in my life and that was in paris <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely so so here's the question that i wanted to 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 deal with it appears that most of the people that consider um immigration that are South African are people that are that are better educated. Uh, in other words, who have higher levels of education. And I suppose it has something to do with the fact that the only way they can perhaps enter the countries that they desire to go and live in is if they have certain critical skills. And the more educated they are, the more they can perhaps... Um, go into those countries with some sort of a critical skill. Mm. So, so, so what? I, 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 yeah. So, I suppose what I'm yeah. asking is that it, it it doesn't sound to me that most people with with a lack of critical skills are thinking about leaving South Africa. Yeah, that that used to hold true in the past. But uh, there's a changing international environment as well. In that, if you look like uh, look at places like Europe, um, there there is um, the the young people. People are not having families, so there's a lack of young people uh, to be taken up into the economy, and therefore um, people are looking at the developing world to attract ordinary workers uh, to themselves. Mm. Um, uh, not just skilled workers. I mean, Germany has just in the last couple of months made it far easier for non-skilled workers to move into the country. The United Kingdom, not so long ago, I read an article, a, a, a piece of work, in which uh, they were looking to 
bring 100,000 immigrants in because they've got a shortage of around 100,000 truck drivers. So it's not necessarily the engineers, etc., that are that can find a haven abroad now. It is it is the more um, the lower the, the the lower educated. And of course, you need to have some sort of skill with you. You have to have to be able to drive a truck, or you need to be an artisan, or something like that. But it's not necessarily only the high high skilled workers that that can find a haven abroad anymore. That has changed. I believe that is true also for places such as Dubai, where a lot of people coming from um, India, for example, from Pakistan, who are perhaps um, more humbly qualified, are being um, absorbed into the workforce there because uh, apparently Dubai has a very, very strong need for people that are uh, humbly qualified, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, Dubai there's uh, only two, two, two million Emirati and around nine million expats. Yeah. Uh, so the Emirati c- c- cannot do the. Do, there's not enough Emirati to carry out the. Let's not Monday, not the right words, but the more elementary work. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why they, the the the, the Pakistanis and the Bangladeshis and uh, the Indians are flocking uh, flocking to, to 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 places like Dubai, and it's 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 across the whole Middle East uh, that 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 one has that. We're seeing all over the world, including South Africa, the debate around illegal immigration. Right, people coming mm. into the country is becoming a. A real hot topic. Uh, we've heard Donald mm. Trump talk about a wall. We, we, we're hearing mm. all sorts of conversations taking place all over the world about illegal immigration. To what mm. extent are South Africans who are thinking about immigration, uh, thinking and perhaps doing it illegally to the countries that they are wanting to go? Has the, situation becomes so dire for those that are thinking about leaving that they are thinking about illegal ways of entering the countries that they want to go into yeah that is i'm not aware of any instrument measuring um illegal south africans going going abroad um but 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 my my gut feel tells me that that is not so that they are that they are using the uh uh, the correct channels to go because there's there's enough opportunity for them to go through the legal channels that it's there's not a necessity for them to go through the illegal channels the illegal channels are people from middle africa or uh, the middle east where you have wars where people don't have uh, have any other way but to to use an illegal channel to try and improve their lives i don't think that holds true for south africans going abroad it's, Africans coming to South Africa, different position. There, there's uh, there's uh, there's large quantities of um, of illegal immigrants into South Africa. But in 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 that regard, Aubrey, I must just say that we need to get um, the 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 climate stabilized in the country. Our, our narrative is too hostile. Uh, we over exaggerate. Um, we talk about 13 million illegal immigrants in the country, which is simply not true. Um, statistics that we have, which is by, um, by, by statistics South Africans, so show that there's only around 4 million, um, immigrants in the country. That is about half legal and half illegal. So, so yes, um, illegal immigrants in the country is a problem. 
but we tend to make the problem bigger than it is, maybe for scoring political points. And, uh, and, and that, that creates a heated environment, uh, which is not conducive to stability. What sort of stability should we be looking to see and catalyzed by whom or what? Well, well, well. I think uh, the, the the notion that um, illegal immigrants are stealing my job um, is uh, is fueling the flames. So unemployed people now get this impression that I could have been employed had uh, had the illegal immigrants not be here. And then you've seen you've seen sporadic outbur- outbursts of um, of. Um, violence in places like Durban and I think in Gauteng a, a year or two ago. But but the reality is a different reality. I mean, you would hear people say that in the, the hospitality industry is totally swamped by, by, by illegal immigrants. Uh, that's simply not true. Um, if you look across the country, the statistics tell us that only around 10% of people working in the hospitality industry are are immigrants and most of those working in the in the hospitality industry are legal immigrants and we cannot be we cannot hold it against a immigrant that has come into the country he's got his papers to be here uh, with those papers he's entitled to go and get a job he then goes and gets a job and then people are angry with him because he's an immigrant. No, if you want to be angry because there are these immigrants in the country, then you must be angry with the policymakers that have allowed it to, to happen. But, but as I'm saying is that it, the, the problem is not as big as they say. I know, for example, these, um, these, uh, deliveries, you know, on the scooters and that sort of stuff. Yep. There's, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that are complaining that these people are not South Africans. They are foreigners that are taking the job. Now we've done some investigations without mentioning companies and so forth, but we've done some inquiries around it and we found that, um, that it is so that um, there's a very large percentage of um, immigrants that are filling those positions, but they are all with papers. Uh, well, not all, but 90% of them have got the driver's licenses, et cetera, et cetera. You always have the exceptions. And and when I ask them, but, but, but why not South Africans? I say, because South Africans don't apply. South Africans don't want to do their job. What must we, what, what must we do? We, we've got, we've got, uh, we need deliveries to take place. Um, immigrants are applying for the jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Africans are not applying for the jobs. What must we do about it? So I think, uh, I think South Africans are also maybe a little bit choosy, uh, in, as to, as to the sort of work they, they want to do, which is not, which is not abnormal as you get, as you get more educated and more, um, uh, uh, in your life, livelihood improves. You want, you want a better job. But all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that the illegal immigration problem in the country is a problem, but it's not as big as it is. And if we want stability in the country, let's just talk the truth about what the, what the status of illegal immigrants. The question about stability was actually more about the stability that you were referring to about the economic stability that would deal with the immigration uh, issue but interesting that you you you, you've given us some interesting stats uh, around the the issues of the illegal immigration in south africa what would and who would catalyze the 
legal, I mean, the stability that would stem the tide of of immigration by South Africans? Yeah, we we, we are finding that um, from from um, the developing world, there is a, a, a quite an inflow of um, skills from places places from Africa uh, is uh, you know Kenya. Um, Tanzania, um, Ghana, um, there's, there's a lot of skills flowing in there, especially in the academic field. If you were to just do a pulse at, um, at any of the South African universities, you'll find that there's a tremendous amount of African, uh, academics uh, coming into the country. But there are also engineers coming from various parts of, um, of um, Asia and South America and so forth also coming in. But even skills just like just like welders, there was a large welding project um, needed. They needed welders um, and in, in one of the large companies here in uh, South Africa. They needed a thousand welders. Uh, the welders were not available in South Africa um, because our people these days, they want to get degrees in philosophy and ideology and uh, languages, etc. And uh, what we really need is artisans, you know, engineers yeah. and um, timers and welders. So they brought in a thousand, um, a, a thousand welders for this work uh, from 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 one of the um, uh, one of the far, um, far east uh, countries. So those are those are those are where the plans are being made. But that's not the solution, long term solution. That can fill gaps. Uh, the long term solution is twofold. Firstly, grow the economy. Once you grow the economy, you'll be creating the jobs, you'll be creating the pathways to improving your economic uh, well-being. And secondly, make sure that the people, the South Africans that we are sending into the workplace are qualified for the modern world, that they've got the technical skills, uh, the IT skills, uh, the accounting skills uh, that we need. And and, and and how do we grow this economy? I mean, uh, we're watching all sorts of Policies being discussed today. We had the the beginning of the mining in Daba. There's all sorts of conversations mm. around uh, the possible legalization of artisanal mining um, because of what it seems to be doing. And uh, in in other words, um, the Zamazamas uh, finding opportunity in what is understood to be illegal mining. Uh, so there's conversations about that becoming uh, perhaps uh, decriminalized. Um, uh, but it all seems like knee-jerk reactions to a structural reality that hasn't been clearly thought through uh, in order to um, improve the economy. Mm. At... at, at your level at the place where you stand and you look at this economy that needs change what would be the fundamental changes that we would would be looking to have in order to stem the tide of this brain drain um from south africa well um if you look at the country's policies and you can speak to any business organization um there is a there's sufficient policies in place to grow the economy. The problem is the policies are not being implemented. Um, corruption has taken a large uh, 
potential for GDP growth away from us, maladministration, uh, not putting uh, the right people into jobs, uh, cater deployment, etc., has cost this economy a lot. So mismanagement is one side of it. So fix the management of the economy, um, and and you will see growth start coming in. The second thing is to get the economic infrastructure sorted. Um, the collapse of Prasa. I mean, I've got some statistics here. I just want to share it with you. Very interesting. In 1990, just get it. Uh, bear with me for a minute. Yeah, in, nine, in 2008, we were doing just over 600 million passenger trips a year on Prasa. And this collapsed, it was a spectacular collapse to only around 9 million trips in 2021. And the same with Transnet. Uh, you know, the mining industry told me that they can export up to 20% more ore to foreign markets. They've got the capacity to mine it. They've got the buyers to buy it, but they cannot get it to the harbors. So we need to get the rail infrastructure sorted. The agricultural sector here in the Western Cape tell me that they could add 8% of their contribution to GDP um, if they could get the goods onto the ships, but they do not have cold, sufficient cold storage facilities in the Cape Town Harbour. Now, when you are exporting to places like Europe, there's very strict regulations where you, you, you have to keep the cold chain going. You cannot be out for more than so many hours out of that cold chain. And, and therefore, a lot of the produce which could end up in Europe is actually rotting on the fields in the Western Cape, as an example. The road infrastructure, etc. So get the economic infrastructure right, and we will grow the economy. You know, it's interesting fact that in the last decade or so, our tonnage of production in South Africa increased by 15%, despite the lack of infrastructure. So imagine imagine a South Africa where you had working infrastructure, what that tonnage could have increased by, and that increase in tonnage means more jobs, more engineers, more foreign direct investment for the country, and a growing GDP, more taxes. So those are the two elements. Get the management of the country right, get the economic infrastructure right, implement the existing policy that we have. The, the, there's so very our, little our, wrong with our, our policy. Our, our problem, Just implement it. Our problem is not a policy crisis. Ours no. is an implementation crisis. And you, you exactly. say that it really is about about having the right expertise in the right places um, and, of course, the issue of fixing our logistical crisis at the moment. And I, and I imagine that would include making sure that we've got more reliable uh, electricity and uh, making sure yeah. that our, uh, our ports are, are, are accessible and are able to move. I mean, I, I'm getting information, of course, about uh, the big companies that have been using our ports for all these years, starting to look elsewhere. Valtus Bay in Namibia yeah. is, is one, Byron, and they're Byron, looking at uh, Mozambique and, and so forth. So we're losing pole position, you are saying, um, uh, if I understand you correctly, Daryl, uh, as being the go-to place for the movement of of goods and services uh, across the 
the African continent. Yeah. I, I've, yeah. heard, I've heard people say that uh, it is perhaps something to do with our over-reliance on the West, for example, as an economic trading partner, and that uh, should we start using uh, our friendships with countries in the BRICS nations, for example, uh, we won't need to have such a huge dependence on the West. But what you're saying is, regardless of who we trade with, if we haven't fixed the fundamentals, uh, the logistical issues and the management issues, it doesn't really matter who we trade with uh, because we wouldn't be able to get the oranges to where they need to get to anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's actually quite a silly argument, which I also hear people say about this reliance on the West. The problem is that one, you don't want to replace the West trade with trade from the East. You don't want to replace it. You want you to want add all of it. trade. Yeah, absolutely. Because you want if, all you, of it. If, if you replace the trade, that's not going to create more jobs. That's just going to move jobs. You need to create more markets. Then you can create more jobs. Um, but I, I, I see we, we're starting to run out of time. I just want to say, uh, Aubrey, that uh, we, we can get very depressed when we talk to each other here, but the, the country is starting to turn, eh? Um, we, we, we are, we should have an op-ed in the newspapers. Uh, we've done a, quite a lot of, um, a prognosis on the South African economy, which we will release soon. Um, but we, we see that inflation is now starting to come under control. So the cost of food prices will stop increasing so high. We're seeing a declining bond yield, so borrowing money won't be that expensive. We're seeing a balance of payment stability to taking place. We're seeing that uh, that the capital formation is back on track, so people are starting to invest in new factories and so forth. And uh, and the renewable energy transition is starting to take off. So so we can get very depressed, and we I mean, we should get very angry with uh, with all the ills in the country. But let's just not lose sight that um, that uh, that we can turn this country around, and we are slowly starting to turn it around. So let's focus on the. There's not. It's it's not rocket science. There's there's two things we need to do: deploy the right people into jobs, skills that are capable of doing the work, manage the economy properly. That's the first thing. Get the economic infrastructure right, and all the other ills will 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 fall away. You've got jobs. You don't need poverty. Will be resolved. Uh, crime will come down. And and and. Alfie on uh, Twitter says, "I doubt the authenticity of the saying. South Africans do not apply for certain jobs. A quick proliferation into scooter delivery jobs, occupation of restaurants and parking assistants by foreign nationals can't be a coincidence of South Africa's not wanting other job categories." Rasutan on uh, Twitter also says, Aubrey, your guest is talking nonsense, he says. Mm. Can a right-thinking unemployed person choose to live on 350 uh, SRD grant than to earn 3,000 rands a month? It's pure rubbish that unemployed Azanians are choosing jobs. I suppose that is a conversation that you need to come and join us for. Uh, I suppose uh, I didn't make my question clear when I asked that question. It was really about the other side of the conversation that is about what do we need to do in order to stem the tide of the emigration process. Uh, in other words, no. people leaving uh, South Africa. But maybe, uh, Daryl, you need to join us uh, once again and perhaps uh, deal with some of the questions that are arising. Talking about that, we've just had an immigration uh, conversation in this country led by the Department of Home Affairs, where um, 
South Africans were invited to give their commentary on some of the changes that Home Affairs is proposing in the immigration policies in South Africa, immigration and immigration policies in South Africa, first of all. Have you had a chance to look at some of the questions that they raise? We've tried to invite them a couple of times to have a conversation mm-hmm. around that. And they said they'd rather come once the process has ended. The process did end at the end of last month. But what do you make of that process that the Department, Department of Home Affairs went through? And what sort of changes to what end are they wanting to bring uh, into, into play? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have, um, I, I don't have all those statistics on me. We've got, a, we've got another, um, another person working on that, and I, we can talk about that at a later stage. Um, but I also there just want to say that um, uh, the the policies, even there, the policies, generally speaking, are are um, are quite palatable uh in that um, they're making it easier for skills people to come into the country etc so once again on a policy side it's it's not too bad but it comes to the implementation uh for example just a typical example um, one of the business schools here in south africa they uh, appointed a director of this business school from uh, from europe um and uh two years after his appointment his wife's um permanent residence or residency permit was was not issued to him and therefore he's now packed his bags and gone back. Uh, we have a number of business people that um, that are waiting years to get work permits for their staff to come in. Yeah. So they have the intention to invest in the country and bring money and open factories and create jobs in the countries, but the permits are not issued for their technical staff and their management staff, et cetera. Right. So it takes it takes them years to get them. And by the time they get the work permit, they say, well, we've moved on. Um, so, so once again, it's not necessarily so much a policy adaptation that needs to take place, but policy implementation. But we will, we are working on, we are working on that. And uh, at a later point, we can approach you and say we're ready to talk. Tabo is in Pretoria. Hi, Tabo. Very quickly, a question or comment for Daryl. Yeah, you know, I just want to say to Daryl, I actually was fascinated by his report on uh, on his uh, report on the immigration, and then it got me hooked uh, to see how uh, academics are living in South Africa. And then, uh, unfortunately, when he came to uh, immigrants, uh, I think he really needs to sit back and relax a little bit. Uh, some of us are on the ground. And fortunately enough, I actually got a call from two people. One of them is an immigration officer, and the other one is a police officer. The one, the police officer, I called him. The immigration officer, uh, he actually called me to say, you're listening to 702, please just make a call to dispute what this gentleman is, is talking about. And then he what, what totally disagree with you. Uh, he disappeared. Uh, the issue of immigration, that there are a lot of uh, immigration immigrants that come to South Africa are actually occupying, they have got uh, qualifications, proper qualifications and proper papers and everything. He dispute that. When they do go on operations, they arrest them. Some of them, they don't even have papers and they've been hired. And then about the scooter also, he says it's 90, 98% of them are uh, illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. And even Figile Mbalula, if you can look at Figile Mbalula, he once even alerted to that, to say that you don't need a driver's license to drive a scooter, which he was misleading. But he said something, something similar to that.
Tabo in Pretoria, thanks very much. As we close, Daryl, I don't know if you want to respond to that. No, no, I, I, I never said that there aren't illegal immigrants in the country. Of course there are. I said illegal immigrants is a problem that has to be resolved. I just said the problem is not, uh, not, um, as, 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 um, extensive as what it is, uh, portrayed to be. It is a problem. Of course it's a problem. Um, and, and, and when it came to, to the jobs, I never said that every, every, uh, person in, uh, working out there is, uh, has, has got the legal papers. I'm just saying that there's one company that we, that we inquired about, uh, that employs thousands of, um, of these scooter drivers, uh, that very accusation was made to them and it was disputed and they could prove that, uh, that, uh, they only employ people that are in the country legally. So that immigration officer, whoever he is that uh, that found the chap, um, is 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 being disingenuous because uh, there are thousands of 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 immigrants in the country that are here legally, and if they are here legally, they have the they have the ability to 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 get work. Um, and and the point is that uh, South Africans to resolve this problem is South Africans should apply for the jobs that are available. And by that, I'm not saying that every employer in this country follows the book and employs a legal immigrant. Of course, there, there are the chances and the people that are wanting to get away with a cheap buck. And then those people must be fined. And the fact that they should just go straight to jail. But um, but. But people, but employers that are that are employing legal immigrants in the country, they should not uh, they should not bear the brunt of it. Dr. Daryl Swanepoel, first to be called Daryl, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time, and uh, looking forward to have that conversation about immigration. Uh, perhaps as yes. soon as you've uh, uh, put together the report, how do we get in, how do we get the report that you've uh, penned uh, with regards to immigration? The immigration that uh, that is uh, that is on our website already. Um, we are busy with a more extensive report, which we call measuring social cohesion in South Africa, and that will come out towards March. Dr. Daryl Swanepoel, thank our you website, so much. www.inclusivesociety.org.za. Thank you so much, Dr. Daryl Swanepoel, Chief Executive Officer at Inclusive Society Institute. Much appreciated.